Well, good morning, Blackman Baptist Church and all those in the uh, Facebook Live audience. Welcome. The title of today's message is Jesus is the Son. John was the one. Ah, the English teacher in me needs to point out a few things about the title of today's message. And I'll repeat it for you uh, because repetition is the key to learning. Jesus is the Son. John was the one. Notice that I refer to Jesus in the present tense. Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, he did walk the face of this earth in the past with his disciples. That's true. Jesus did live in the past, past tense. But it is also true that Jesus walks with us and talks with us through the Holy Spirit now in the present. And whenever two or more of us are gathered together, and uh, one, two, three, four, right now there's four of us, so Jesus has promised to be with us. And I'm sure that this applies, that promise that Jesus made applies to the cyber world as well. And I know there's more than four of us gathered together this morning. So Jesus did live in the past, but he also lives in the present and he has promised to be with us. Jesus does live with us now in the present, present tense. And one day, Jesus will surely return and he will set his foot on the Mount of Olives which overlooks Jerusalem, and he will one more once again walk with us, his disciples. He will walk with us in person. Jesus will return and live with us one day. So Jesus past tense, Jesus present tense, Jesus future tense, because Jesus is the Son, Jesus Christ the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the Son, John was the one. So we're talking about John the Baptist here, and notice that we refer to Jesus in the present tense. We refer to John the Baptist in the past tense. John the Baptist lived and died. He ran his race. He finished his course, and upon his death, he was um, joined with the one that he had come to love so much. Jesus, the Lamb of God, Jesus, the groom, Jesus, the one who loved his bride, the church, Jesus, the light and life of the world. Let's pray. Father, illuminate our hearts so that we can see the light of the world shine into the darkest corners and recesses of our souls and bring forth the sin that needs to be confessed and then graciously forgiven. And we pray these things in your name, Jesus our Savior. Amen. While we as Christians should always focus on Jesus, today I would like to shift our focus just so slightly to John the Baptist, the great forerunner of Jesus. Why shift our focus? Why concentrate on John the Baptist? I think we can safely take a look at John the Baptist because he is a great role model for us. Three points today about John the Baptist. First focal passage, John chapter 1, verses 29 through 34. Hear the word of the Lord. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I told you about. After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. 
I didn't know him, but I came baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it rested on him. I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water told me, the one you see the Spirit descending and resting on, he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Notice the details of this passage, because this passage really is John the Baptist's testimony. I mean, he actually uses the same word there in that last verse, verse 34. John the Baptist said, I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. This is John the Baptist's testimony. If you don't know your own testimony, if you've never stopped to think through it or write it down, well, here's a great template for you. Follow John the Baptist's testimony. Use that as a template. Uh, a template. It's worth studying and understanding. I see three elements in John the Baptist's testimony. Testimony element number one. There was a time when John did not know Jesus. John clearly says, I myself did not know him. And then a little bit later, he says, I did not know him. And not knowing Jesus is a certain part of our testimony too. There was a time when I did not know him. Even though I was raised in a godly home by godly parents who wanted to make sure that I knew the Lord and had the opportunity to to trust Him in salvation, even though they did the best at raising me, even though I was in church three times a week, at least three times a week, and some weeks far more than three times a week, even though I had a head knowledge of Jesus, of who Jesus was, in spite of all this, there was a time when I did not know Jesus. And the same was true for John the Baptist. He clearly states I myself did not know him. Now, when John the Baptist said that he did not know him, he's not talking about he didn't know who he was. I mean, he was his cousin. He had grown up in some proximity, in some relationship with him. He wasn't saying that he didn't know who he was. He did know who Jesus was. They were cousins. When John says, I did not know him, he's saying that there was a time in his life when he did not realize that Jesus was the Lamb of God. So when we testify, when we give our testimony, let's make sure we point to Jesus and say, you know, there was a time in my life when I did not know him. That's the first element of a good testimony. Second element is that when John realized who Jesus was, he told people. Verse 29, John the Baptist sees Jesus coming. He says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He identified him. He told people, I know who that is. I know what he's going to do. That's verse 29. Verse 30, this is the one I told you about. He had been telling people that Jesus was coming. And now he's telling people, hey, this is the one. This is the one I told you about. Verse 34, John says, I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So the first element of our testimony should be, there was a time when we didn't know Jesus. And then the second element of our testimony should be, but then I realized who he was. And we're telling people about who he is. The third element 
is to tell people not just that Jesus came, but why he came. John identified Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Note, John did not say, Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah who will deliver us and destroy our enemies. Well, he could have said that. That was true. It was true then. It's true now. It's going to be true in the future. One day it will be fully understood. But John knew that his audience did not need to see Jesus as the conquering Messiah. They needed to see Jesus as the suffering servant. Political deliverance from the Romans was needed and would have been nice, but John's audience had a far deeper problem than the political occupation of the Romans. They needed to be delivered from their sins. You see, political deliverance is a temporary fix. They needed a permanent fix. They needed spiritual deliverance from their sin. And when you share your testimony, be careful how you point to Jesus. Yes, Jesus can heal every heart, meet every need, heal every physical ailment, meet every financial need. All those needs are important, but they pale in comparison to our greatest need. And our greatest need is the sin problem. Our greatest need is to be reconciled to God. So there was a time when we didn't know Jesus. There was a time when we recognized Jesus for who he was and we began to tell people who he was and we need to tell people why he came. He didn't come to be your best friend. He didn't come to be your comfort in times of great suffering and sorrow. Those are good. Those are nice. But that's not primarily where, why he came. He came to reconcile you to the Father. And only Jesus, the Lamb of God, can resolve our sin problem. John is such a good role model for us. Number one, he points to Jesus, the Lamb of God. Second reason why I think he's such a good role model is that he points to Jesus, the groom. He celebrates Jesus. Let's look at our second focal passage now. We'll be reading from John chapter 3, verses 25 through 30. Then a dispute arose between John's disciples and a Jew about purification. So they came to John and told him, Rabbi, the one you testified about and who was with you across the Jordan is baptizing and everyone is going to him. John responded, no one can receive anything unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the groom, but the groom's friend who stands by and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine is complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We all have roles to play in our lives. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. I'm a pastor. I'm a businessman. John the Baptist had a role to play too. He was the advanced man. He was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. He was Elijah. And in this passage... He tells us about another role that he has played. He's the friend of the groom. In American culture and parlance, he would be the best man. John did not have to be the center of attention. 
I really don't think he wanted to be the center of attention. Whenever he was asked about who he was and what his role was and what he had come to accomplish, he always demurred. He would say things like, well, I'm not worthy to unleash his sandal. I baptize with water. He's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost. John clearly stated that he himself was not the Messiah. John clearly stated that he was sent in advance of the Messiah. Just so that you know, he's saying, I'm not the Messiah. I was sent in advance of the Messiah. John says that he ranks second. Even though he was born before Jesus, he tells us that Jesus preexisted him. He knew who he was. John clearly states here in this passage that he's the best man. He's the friend of the groom. And he's standing by listening for the voice of the groom and rejoicing when he hears the voice of the groom. And now his joy is complete. John knew his place. John knew his role. And that's one of the reasons why John is such a great role model. He points to Jesus and who he is. And he points to Jesus as the Lamb of God. And then as the groom, as the, as the groom. And John knew his role. And John is such a good role model for a third reason. And that's because he recognized that Jesus is the very essence of life. John chapter 3, verses 31 through 36. Here's our focal passage here. The one who comes from above is above all. And by the way, I just, I just got to go time out here. You know, all the scriptures given by inspiration of the Lord. But this passage is so deep. This passage here at the end of John chapter 3 is similar in its depth as to the, the first passage in John, the first few verses of John. And I encourage you to read these verses and study them and see what the Lord has for you. Hear the word of the Lord, John chapter 3, verses 31 through 36. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth is earthly and speaks in earthly terms. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, and yet no one accepts his testimony. The one who has accepted his testimony has affirmed that God is true. For the one whom God sent speaks God's words, since he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son, and he's given all things into his hands. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who rejects the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In this amazing passage, we come to realize, and it was clear that John realized this too, that salvation is binary. What do you mean, Brother Kevin, when you say salvation is binary? When we say that a certain fact or a certain understanding is binary, we're saying that this is truly an either-or situation. Not all of life is binary. Sometimes the choices before us are both and, not necessarily either or. But my friends, make no mistake, when it comes to salvation and eternal life, when it comes to damnation and eternal hell, your choice is binary. It's either or. It's Jesus and salvation and eternal life, or it's not Jesus. It's damnation. It's hell. We love the third chapter of John. Jesus 
has a most fascinating discussion with Nicodemus, the ruler who came to him by night. And we should love John chapter 3. And, and sometimes we focus in on our favorite verse. And for many of us, it's John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What great news that is. And that's the gospel. That's gospel truth. John 3.16 is gospel truth, but John 3.36 is every bit as much as gospel truth. And don't miss it. You got to see it. John 3.36 says this, The one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who rejects the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. Salvation is binary. As Sam Hankins said in the comments in our Sunday school class earlier this morning, uh, there's only two types of people in the world, saved and unsaved. Salvation is binary. John is such a good role model for us because he points to Jesus as the Lamb of God. John is such a good role model for He recognizes that Jesus is the groom. John is such a good role model because he recognizes that There really is no life without Jesus. Jesus is the life. Jesus himself said that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through him. So we've talked a lot about role models today. And John the Baptist, is he is the absolute best role model in the Bible outside of Jesus. Jesus himself said that uh, no man born of woman is greater than John the Baptist. Role models. So I have a question for you. Who are your role models? I have four guidelines for you in picking out your role models. Number one, do they know Jesus? If your role models don't know Jesus, how in the world can you expect them to guide you correctly through life? Number one, do they know Jesus? Number two, do they tell people about Jesus and and why he came? Do they understand why Jesus came? Number three, do they understand themselves and the roles that they need to play in this life? And then number four, do they realize that there is salvation through none other than Jesus? Do they realize that eternal life and salvation is binary? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That is not a popular thought in our culture today. But Jesus said it, and it's truth. Who are your role models? Role models, friends. Here's a question for you. Who are your friends? Because in some sense, your friends are going to become your role models. We become like the people we hang out with. So if your friends don't know Jesus... If your friends don't know who Jesus is and why he came, if your friends don't understand themselves and the role that they are supposed to play in this short life, if your friends don't understand that salvation is through Jesus Christ and his finished work alone, well, we should all fall to our knees and pray for your friends because your friends are lost. And if your friends are lost, are you helping them? Are you sharing the good news of the gospel with them? Or are they dragging you down to their level? 
Psalm chapter one, one of my favorite Psalms. How happy is the one? How happy is the man who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers? Instead, his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You want to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water? Psalm 1 says, delight in the Lord in his instruction. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. The wicked are not like that tree planted by the rivers of water bearing fruit in its season whose leaves do not wither. The wicked are not like that. The wicked are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. So my question to you today is, what, what kind of role model are you? What kind of friend are you? Jesus is the son. John was the one. I'm sure none of us are going to be able to measure up to John the Baptist, but we will be held responsible for what we do with what we've been given. When it's all said and done for us and our earthly lives are over, will it be said that you were the one? Were you the one who shared your testimony? Were you the one that told people that Jesus is the Son of God, the Lamb of God, that takes away the sins of the world? Are you the one who explains why Jesus came and why it's so important? Were you the one that told people how he changed your life and your eternal destination? I pray to the Lord above that we will all be like John the Baptist and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the example, the role model of John the Baptist. And I pray, Lord, that we will tell people of a time when we were in darkness, that time before we knew Jesus, and then we'll tell people of the time when, when we trusted Him, we believed in Him, we put our faith in Him and Him alone to save us. And then we told people why He came. We explained to people that salvation is binary. I pray, Lord, that we will be faithful in sharing the good news of the gospel and our testimony with our friends and our family. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.